Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Michael Rosenberg, and today we're studying Masechet Sukkah, Daf M. Dalit, page 44. Folio page 44 continues our discussion from yesterday about the observance of the Lulav on Shabbat, and goes from there into a discussion of a different Sukkot mitzvah, a ritual involving the Arava, the willow. Now the precise details of the mitzvah are unclear, and the Gemara later on in the page in fact debates what exactly it is we're supposed to do with this arava. But where we're starting, towards the top of 44a, the Gemara wants to examine why the mitzvah of lulav is different from that of the willow. In the course of discussing this arava ritual, we will have to think about both the religious significance of sources of authority and the tension between formal authority on the one hand and our own instinctive reactions to our experiences on the other. Amar le Abaye le Rabbah. Abaye asks his teacher Rabbah, Maishna lulav de avdinan le shiva zecher le mikdash, umaishna arava de lo avdinan la shiva zecher le mikdash. Why, post destruction of the temple, do we continue to take the lulav on all seven days of Sukkot, while the mitzvah of the arava, which would have been done all seven days in the temple, we perform nowadays only once, on the last day of Sukkot, what we now call Hoshana Rabbah? To which Rabbah responds, one can fulfill one's ritual performance of the arava by taking the lulav, lulav now serving as a metonym, a stand-in, for the whole set of the four species. In other words, because the four species, what we commonly refer to as the lulav, includes willow branches, when you take lulav, you're also taking arava, thus performing that mitzvah on all seven days. But Abaye is unsatisfied. You're not actually taking the willow then. You're taking the lulav, and the willow just incidentally gets picked up. In other words, a mitzvah, or at least this mitzvah, cannot be a byproduct of some other action. It must be a conscious decision and a deliberate act. Rav Zavid, citing Abaye's constant rival, Rava, thus offer, offers an alternative explanation. Amar Rav Zavid Mishmei de Rava. Rav Zavid says in the name of Rava, Lulav de Oraisa Avdinan Shiva Zechel Mikdash. Lulav, which is a biblical commandment, we do all seven days as a commemoration of what was done in the temple. Arava de Rabbanan lo avdinan la shiva mikdash. But the willow, which is only rabbinic in its obligation, is not performed all seven days as a, a commemoration of what was done in the temple. But this explanation creates its own set of problems, because it appears that no early authority actually thinks that the willow is a rabbinic obligation. Rather, the early rabbi Abba Shaul thought that it was encoded in the Torah's language of Arve Nachal, 
willows of the brook, which is plural, arve, and thus signals two willows, one willow commandment for the four species, and another one for the willow to be taken on its own. Thus, the arava, according to Abba Shaul, is a biblical commandment. And the majority view among the early rabbis, according to our Gemara, is that the willow commandment is a halacha lemoshe misinai, a controversial-loaded phrase, but one that in context means something like a commandment with biblical-level authority, but no verse, or even interpretation, to link it to the biblical text. Thus, Rav Zavid, citing Rava, amends his explanation. Lulav, which is an ikar min ha-Torah, some sort of basis in the actual biblical text, is observed for seven days, while Arava, which, despite being of significant uh, importance, a halakha lemoshe misinai, has no such link to the actual biblical text, is observed only for one day. Now we could end here and already have a very interesting sugi to talk about. Even though the rabbis assert that the mitzvah of Arava is a halakha lemoshe misinai, literally a law given to Moses at Mount Sinai, the fact that it has no obvious hint in the written text of the Torah still makes it, in some sense, weaker for Rav Zavid. But the next line in the Gemara adds another interesting wrinkle to this. Amarej Lakish, Kohanim ba'alei mumin, nichnasin bein ha'ulam ulumizbeach kedeletzet ba'arava. Reish Lakish tells us that those priests, those Kohanim, who had physical blemishes that would normally invalidate them from performing the priestly service, would enter the area between the entrance hall of the temple and the outer altar, an area normally off-limits to these invalidated priests, so as to be able to perform the mitzvah of Arava. Now, this sugya, which really, we have a new sugya here with Reish Lakish's statement, this sugya continues... But I want to stop here in order to think about this striking claim about the religious life of priests in the Jerusalem temple. Reish Lakish's statement, though not framed explicitly in this way, implicitly attacks the notion that the source for something, its authority, determines its power for us. On the heels of Rav Zavid in the name of Rava, telling us that Arava is a weaker practice than Lulav, because Arava has no obvious biblical source. We hear Reish Lakish telling us that people who would normally be forbidden from entering a particularly holy area of the temple would nonetheless go into that area in order to perform the Arava ritual, which has no basis in the Torah. Their commitment to this ritual, which must have been beautiful to witness, imagine scores of priests setting up willows all around the altar in the, in the temple or processing around the altar with these lush willows. Their commitment to this ritual transcended the formal significance that was officially attributed to it. Sometimes, our experience of an act is out of proportion to the significance attributed to it. We see this phenomenon in all sorts of examples in our own life. The example to say Shema every morning and every night is a core biblical obligation, while the obligation to hear the Megillah read on Purim is only rabbinic. Yet many people are much more upset if they miss the Megillah reading than if they miss a night of Shema. So too with the mourner's Kaddish, a practice that postdates the Talmud, yet which many Jews instinctively understand to have a power entirely out of step with its official legal status. Our sages understood this. 
noting, for example, in a number of debates, that the reading of the Megillah, despite being of only rabbinic authority, is nonetheless chaviva aleinu, beloved to us, and they even derive practical legal consequences from this special status of chaviva aleinu. So too the arava, even if it has no textual basis in the Torah, is a beautiful ritual that every Kohen would want to participate in, even at the cost of violating the normal protocols of temple hierarchy. And as is typical for the Talmud, the implications of both Rav Zavid, the Arava is weaker because it has no basis in the Torah, and Resh Lakish, the, every Kohen would want to fulfill this mitzvah, the implications of these two statements appear side by side, with neither side winning. If you were to ask me at the end of the sugya why the Arava ritual is performed nowadays only one day of the days of Sukkot rather than on all of them, I would answer you with Rav Zavid's answer. It has no biblical root. And yet, though there's some back and forth on this in the section that follows, Reish Lakish's claim that blemished priests would nonetheless perform the willow ritual has the effect of reminding us that this ritual was extremely important to people in the time of the temple. A halacha lemoshe misinai. Perhaps we should understand that elusive phrase, halacha lemoshe misinai, a halacha that dates back to Moshe at, Har- at Mount Sinai as expressing something so deeply and instinctively felt that it needs neither text nor interpretation to be understood. There are certain rituals, certain experiences, and certain life events that I don't need to be told I want to be a part of. I just know. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.